0: Welcome to Bikes, Beers, and Banter. Uh, this is our this is episode one, and I'm joined today by Alex Wynn, A.K.A. Moto Tingle. Cue the applause. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, um, thanks for thanks for joining me today. That's a really interesting background that you've got there. Presumably, this is your it, it workshop.
1: Yeah, uh, green screen.
0: Green screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I <laughs> no this is my workshop this Lovely. is not a green screen yeah Lovely. yeah so um moto tingle how did you you know that's your handle on twitter yeah
1: yeah i never actually thought you'd ask me that. <laughs> okay so uh yeah it just came about that um i actually started on uh social media a long time ago and it was uh, when I first got diagnosed with uh, kidney cancer. And so I wanted an online diary. So I used a different handle and uh, yeah, I just kind of got into Twitter and then don't ask me how, but I'm still here. So uh, one of the things that I changed in my Mark II life was motorcycles. And uh, I said to myself, um, looking up at the ceiling in the hospital, with pipes and tubes coming out of me. My medicines just left me. Everything that could possibly go wrong has gone wrong. And one of the things I said to myself whilst I was looking up at the ceiling is I haven't ridden enough motorbikes. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gone that way. So uh, yeah, just, and yeah, I think it's, I, I think I explained it on there. It's the motorcycles and the tingle bit is the, that little bit of a buzz, that little bit of excitement that you get from uh, from riding. them. Yeah, because yeah. I can have fun on a 125. I mean, I might be a big guy, but I'll still blap around on a 125 if I get a chance. Brilliant, yeah.
0: No, I, 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 mean, Alex, you and I have known each other for uh, a short, uh, short period of time. Um, uh, you know, we met on Twitter, and uh, you know, our our relationship has blossomed since then. <laughs> and we we actually met at the NEC in December last year, we did. didn't we? Yes. Yeah, in person.
1: You know. Yeah, that was really good. <clears throat> nice the- hotel, and yeah. uh, you wine and to me, so it was lovely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And the prof um, was there as well. He uh, was,
1: yeah. What a guy as well. JT. I, I remember being up till past midnight just talking to him. And uh, in the beginning, he was just completely confuddling me with how you guys do what you do. Yeah. And then as the hours went on, or maybe it was the drink, um, I started to understand where he was coming from and his passion. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, I'm totally, totally dealing with a professional here.
2: Yeah.
0: So
1: it's awesome, yeah, really
0: yeah John, uh, John is an incredible person, individual. Um, you know, he's a professor at Loughborough University. Um, he's got several business interests as well as being our technical director. Um, and for all of his academic qualifications, he's just a top bloke, you Isn't know, true? and yeah,
1: absolutely,
0: and he's into bikes as well. He's got a couple of uh triumphs, he's got uh, a yeah trophy triumph trophy I, f- I haven't seen that one actually and uh he's got a tiger ex- tiger explorer That's um so yeah he likes the uh he likes the hinkley triples yeah um, yeah <clears throat> so tell us a little bit about the bikes that are in your uh fake you know, backdrop
1: a little bit of it um but uh obviously my my two favorites are the uh X forty four teeth Ducati 999s, which was from budget bike battle Italia, which was for the guys at forty four teeth probably the worst budget bike battle that they did because they got so much backlash because budget and Italian bikes don't go together. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. They, uh, I was going
0: to ask you about this, Alex. Um, actually, so I'm aware of the the triple nine. It's an is that an S or an R that you got? F. S. So I'm aware of that. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> I don't worry. I've, I've got a Panigale S. Um, oh, okay. You want to... And, like and I've and I've and I've on the uh, on the side side panels. I've actually got Ducati Corse stickers on it. Oh, right? right. Which only appeared on the 1199
1: R. Cheeky.
0: Yeah. I didn't put them on. They were already on when I bought the bike. Oh. So I'm not taking them off. But my mate, or one of my mates, I've got a mate actually. One of my mates, had pointed this out to me. You know, he's a proper Ducati geek, and he said, "Yeah, the Ducati Core stickers didn't appear oh. on the 1199 S. They only appeared on." So he he's expecting me to take them off. So anyway, I uh, I took a photograph of the panels and uh, shopped in an R and and to replace the S. So I sent that to him. So I fixed it, totally fixed it. Oh, so. The problem's gone now. Yes. So, yeah, sorry, I interrupted yeah. you there, Alex. You're t- tell me, tell me, tell. Uh, it's one of those questions that I've got um, about uh, for- the 44 teeth. Oh, it doesn't look like coffee.
1: No, it isn't. I've moved on to the beer.
0: <laughs> so what, what are you drinking? Uh, <clears throat>
1: um, I couldn't pronounce it if I wanted
0: to. Wet. So. It's wet and cold.
1: Ah, yeah, OK. I like
0: that. I support my local uh, brewery to you I don't know but
1: I know it tastes good yeah the so TV, th- they didn't they,
0: they're being bad to people their staff or something I don't know they still taste good James Watt is the CEO at Brewdog and um, yeah he's he, he he is a bit controversial um I think it's a I think it's a fine line between genius and madman you know and uh I think he yeah. walks that line he walks that line quite often, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, cheers, heres yeah. your, here you look see how see see how I can just make that beer appear ah! and disappear into the ether. It's really clever, that isn't it so anyway, cheers, Slange. um so i'll get i've got um I'll have to text message text message one of my daughters and tell her to bring me a fresh one out the fridge when once this one's done. <laughs> so anyway let's, let's talk about this triple nine s uh beautiful bike some might say uh you know my views on the on the triple nine
1: uh yeah it's um yeah I, I've, I've seen your tweets on it um so anyway i uh never woke up one morning wanting a decaying 909s and what happened is the guys from 44 teeth did their budget bike battle italia And they were getting loads of grief um, online because there was no budget and uh, I went and bought a book. Now I'm used to buying technical manuals, if I buy a technical manual I might spend 50 pounds on it but certainly wasn't used to spending 30 to 50 quid on a book Um, so I bought the book on the Ducati 999s from whoever designed it and uh, I started reading it and I started falling in love with Ducati and then they came to the end of the budget bike battle this 999 had got part way up through europe and then puked its guts out and then had to be vanned back to the uk hmm. and uh, yeah the guy's put the mv augusta and the 999 on ebay i bid for the 999s as much as i could it's like it's like uh, if you've ever played uh, poker and you're all in with my with my small chip pile i was all in yeah and Then I got outbid, and then I got outbid again. So I got outbid like by these two fat cat bankers who wanted it as a trophy piece.
0: Rhyming slang.
1: That's what I was told. And, uh, you know, Chinese whispers. And uh, the next thing I know, the principal of a race team phones me a few days later. Me, I'm already, forget it. I I don't care about the 999. I've gone and bought myself an APG helmet (laughs) and it's a consolation prize. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, yeah, I get a phone call from the principal of race team and he goes, you're winning? And I went, winning what? And he's like, the Ducati. And I'm like, no, no, mate, I got outbid days ago. Like four days ago, I got outbid. And he goes, no, you're winning, Alex. So I logged on to, and, and literally there was three, maybe four minutes left of the auction. I logged on to eBay and there it was counting down. And um, my son recorded it on uh, his mobile phone at the time and it counted down. And it got to like 30 seconds, 10 seconds, Ooh. two seconds. And I was just, I'm expecting that last bid to sniper.
0: go. What's sniper,
1: sniper. And someone's took it from me, yeah. yeah. And then he went, you've won? And I was like, you're kidding me. For real? Uh, I couldn't, I just, I was just totally blown away uh, that I'd won. And then uh, I contacted the guys. I, uh, I went up to see them. Uh, I met them at Barnstormer Motorrad and uh, yeah they they literally uh shook my hand turned me upside down shook me shook all the money out of me that i had yeah and uh i got maybe 10 minutes with them before they uh maybe signed the b5 and booted me out and uh then i took the ducati home
0: wonderful so who was the who was the the um who i don't understand why was the race team manager oh, he
1: was just a, a friend of mine oh uh, yeah sorry he was just a friend of mine and uh We'd, we'd just chat every so often and he knew that I was chasing the 999 uh, and so I guess he was also watching the auction and uh, he knew my username on eBay so at the time there weren't so many stars so you could figure out who was who and um, yeah he just phoned me up and I was like yeah <laughs> I lost that bike a long time ago.
0: So if this if if, if this guy hadn't called you if you hadn't phoned you you would be. You wouldn't have been any of the wiser that you'd oh, no, actually no, you
1: probably got an email from eBay saying, "Hey, you need to hand over a lot of money." to <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's brilliant. That's a brilliant story. And um, I, I, I don't follow 44 Teeth. I don't follow the guys. Uh, I, I know who they are. I've seen some of their stuff. Um, uh, so this was, if I'm not mistaken the sale of this bike uh, helped them through?
1: A a tough time, I guess. It was just a time that was uh, tough for them. It was was right at the beginnings or beginnings-ish of 44 Teeth. Now they've blossomed. Yeah. uh, That's really good. That's what they wanted to be. Um, I had supported them by following them, commenting on their YouTube, and just enjoyed the whole budget bike battle thing. yeah. And then I go and get that, and it's, ah, man. And I've uh, even uh, Chris from 44 Teeth had a good old laugh because I've kept it as original as possible. The only thing it's missing yeah. is a couple of 44 Teeth stickers, which Al Fagan said he would send me, and he never did. So, <laughs> but apart from that... I Al,
0: just, if you're watching this...
1: Here's, here's the kicker. That ain't no, uh, like, you know, it's not some, like, showpiece. It, I use it. I yeah, commute on that motorcycle. Anybody that knows me locally, well, even the missus will tell you I commute on that bike, and I put thousands of miles on it every year.
0: Now I know you're lying, Alex, because I know that <laughs> you cannot, <laughs> you cannot commute on these bikes unless it's a.
1: Yes, you can. Very short, very fast distances.
0: They need to. You need to. I took. I took my uh, my my bike into town for a meeting a couple of months ago. So I live uh, on the the west outskirts of Aberdeen, and uh, I thought it was a nice day, you know, and I was meeting up with uh, my my shareholders actually, and uh, we we're having going to have a catch up lunch. I thought I'll take the bike into town, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, as I started to getting get into town into the heavier traffic, I'm I'm in a. a a big long line of traffic waiting at a red light. And I'm watching the temperature gauge going up and up and up and up and up. And I'm thinking, everybody's looking at this bike right now, thinking that's a really cool bike, you know. But it's going to, any second now, it's going to cut out. And it's not going to start. So everything's going to be, you know, street cred, boof, out the window. Uh, So, But I just... I. I don't. I can't remember what temperature they cut out at, but I think it was about 108 degrees. No. Uh, so I was. I think I was getting pretty close to, um, you know, side stand down and walk into the walk into the restaurant. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, they uh, they 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 do need a lot of airflow through them. Yes, this. they do like that.
1: But you got to ride at a pace.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a mate who's got a triple nine as well. And uh we uh affectionately call it Sally Gunnell. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Um because it's nae pretty, but it's a good runner. Oh
1: see, <laughs> <pretty> good. <laughs> it, it's okay. Uh it was a turning point and um I just really enjoyed the story behind the creation of the bike. So anybody who's read the book on it. I think there's only one book. Um, you can you can quickly fall in love with the effort that was put into it, and then yeah, I guess uh, if they messed it up visually, uh, that's a shame. But it rides so well.
0: Yeah, no, that's what that's what my that's,
1: that's the beauty of it. I'm <clears> I'm sat on it looking out, not looking in, so I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to yeah. me, I've just got these a green speedo rev counter and this lovely red. Arc. Yeah. And everything's warp speed. It's good
0: yeah absolutely so what did you have to do to it you said it just sort of had a bit of a oh well a, if, a fart and it, any so, the- apologies to sally gunnell if she ever sees this i don't i didn't mean it either <laughs> so, so. <laughs> She is. she's a well, good runner
1: okay uh yeah uh well if you ever watched any of the 44 teeth videos you'd know that the motorcycle isn't the best at starting and um yeah i found out why so uh, i just ended up stripping it and that wasn't because I wasn't unhappy with it. But I wanted to put it back into its prime, and I wasn't in a rush. Yeah. So I kind of started pulling it apart, and then you sit on the side of eBay, and then you wait, yeah. and then you wait until that thing that you're after comes along, and um, slowly but surely put the bike back. And now it's in, It really is in its prime, and it starts beautifully, and mm. yeah, it rides well. I'm I'm well happy with it.
0: Is that an open clutch basket? I see there.
1: It is. Yeah. 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 And you've gone for well, you don't
0: have a you have a wet clutch,
1: don't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you've
0: gone and yeah. blown up a little, haven't you? I bought the I bought the. Uh, it's only taken me three years, but I bought the Juca bike um, op, um, okay. clear clutch cover. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was I was reluctant to I was reluctant to fit that because I've seen them messed up really badly.
2: Yeah,
0: they fog up really badly. But uh, one of my mates uh, had one on his 959 and he got uh, his Ducati dealer to fit it for him. And uh, what they did was they fitted it, ran the engine warm, took it off, took the cover off again, wiped it down with uh, just a paper towel, right. refit refitted it, ran the bike again, and repeated that cycle a couple of times. And all the condensation was gone. So touch wood, <laughs> touch wood. Uh, I haven't had any contents but I have seen that actually it, it does um, cloud up in the, the cooler weather. So, but I don't take my bike out in the cooler weather. I'm not, not tough enough.
1: Uh-huh. Well, every day's a school day. I I wasn't sure what the procedure was.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> but I had a 748. Uh-huh. Uh Many many moons ago, I think it was just when the 748 came out. Okay. And uh, I put a, an open clutch basket on clutch basket on the 748, and it just, to some, you know, it uh, it sounded obscene, and to others, it yeah. sounded like sounded like, you know, sweet music. Yeah. For me, and I was
1: the old adage that you stop at a junction and uh, a car driver winds their windows down and goes. Yeah,
0: bike's broken, mate. It's true. It happens often <laughs> Yeah. They're looking for the for you towing that cement mixer yeah. full of bricks. <laughs> it's oldie, but
1: they won't stop saying the same joke.
0: Yeah, yeah. Old ones are the best. No, it's uh, it's a beautiful bike actually. Um with the exception of the front, of course. Uh yeah. I, well, I well, I've what did is there I haven't read that book actually. I don't even, I don't even know the book that well, you're referring that. to.
1: Uh, a quick Google search will.
0: For... Did they? Did did the did the author of the book address the elephant in the room? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what
1: is the elephant in the room?
0: It's the <clears throat> it's what we call the sort of um you know.
1: Oh god, uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I don't think they did.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, just, Best kept, best not talked about then, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, no, they're they're, so so moving on from the um, the triple nine. Yeah, what's that CB750 in the background there.
1: That is that's the 70 CB750. And um, bloody hell, what uh, what a nightmare! That's
0: okay, you can swear.
1: Everybody, but everybody has lied to me. Honda's don't leak oil, that one does. Shocking, um, but then it's gone to rack and ruin. When I met it, yeah. it was owned by um, a client of mine who was a GP, and we never we never really saw eye to eye because uh, GPs have this. Certainly, some GPs have this way of talking down to you, uh, and he always talked down to me, so I'd never never even contemplate going for a pint with a guy. And mm. then uh, I, I knew this bike back in the nineties. So I knew he did European trips on it, and then old age and ill health takes their toll. And I get a phone call from his daughter, and she says, Dad says, Will you buy his bike? And I was like, I remember that, Honda. Oh yeah, I'd be interested in that. Mm. And then she said a, a bunch of numbers that were just obscene. And then at that point it's the okay, well, I'll give that some thought and I'll get back to you never. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that for it. Uh, Six months later I'd forgotten about it and the son phoned up and uh, by that time his dad had been taken into a care home. The dad was with uh, the son and I got to speak to him on speakerphone and um, they came up with a a much better number and I said yeah okay I'll I'll pick it up expecting to find a really nice CB750 because I paid fair money for it and no (laughs) <laughs> i think it had been laid up since the 90s and uh yeah it had just gone to rack and ruin. so uh, uh, even i don't get it right
0: yeah that you know as the, the bikes the bikes need to be run you know and exactly. yeah and all, all of those bits that go up and down and round and round need to go up and down and round and round it you did. know yeah so uh,
1: it kills me when uh, guys and girls collect motorcycles and then they have them as some kind of mm. uh, some kind of showpiece if you like um, mm. And there's certainly a guy on uh, that I've mentioned before on YouTube that has a selection of Ducatis that he's so proud to say have never been started and oh. that makes me so sad oh my goodness I mean I'm not saying take it down a dirt track do you know what I mean I'm just saying <laughs> give, give the bike some use but no, a lot of people do collect them. Um, and I'm a big believer in documenting what I find. I try and put stuff up on YouTube, but mostly yep. on Twitter because it's easier for me. Yeah. And do a few videos. And it was just really odd things. Like I ended up getting to a point where I got so fed up with the CB750's wiring loom and repairing it that I was able to get a brand new wiring loom for it aftermarket, yeah. uh, which wasn't easy to get hold of. Got it, fitted it to the bike went out took a lovely 50 mile ride and then because it had a brand new wiring loom and all the lights were so bright and it was so happy oh yeah yeah. the ignition barrel so like a 45 year old ignition barrel just completely gave up on me and i was stranded so uh yeah
0: you're pretty handy with the tools aren't you
1: um on occasion i don't know everything and i don't profess to know everything i i work really hard so Um, I work a lot. And then this, motorcycles, is my passion and my enjoyment. So I uh, have had to figure it out, I suppose.
0: Oh, really? I mean, so you're not, you're not sort of formally trained? You didn't, you, you uh, didn't yeah, serve? A,
1: a long time ago, I used to co-own a garage um, for many years. So uh, I worked on porches, so it was cars and motorbikes, really. Okay. Uh, so that I got so I got a lot of experience doing that, um, and then yeah, I just for for kind of retirement's sake, if you like, um, I spend some time at a friend's garage and help them out. But it doesn't mean I'm you know I'm not kind of like top motorcycle fixing territory because there's guys and girls out there that can seriously twirl those spanners and do amazing things. They they live and breathe it every day.
0: Yeah, of course, and <clears throat> no, I just thought that because um, I've I've um, watched some of your video content, uh, you and you've helped me out actually with a couple of things in the past. Okay. Nice. Um, nice to
1: share.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, I just I just thought that you'd been you'd had some sort of formal. um yeah,
1: I, I mean, I had in the past yeah uh, and then then deciding to own a garage was quite a big step so uh, yeah business partner and uh, yeah uh, that was the ten year run that was all right
0: but it's it's a it's a little bit like um i mean once you, if you've got the acumen if you've got this sort of um technical um propensity for te- things that are technical you know electrical mechanical yeah. i think if you've got if you've got that uh, you can always build on it can't you you can always you can
1: build on it yeah but you've yeah. got it up. so yeah yeah at the moment i'm going through this phase and this phase is rescuing old motorcycles and i'm not too i'm a bit of a, a yamaha fanboy because they are just well engineered yeah. Um, but rescuing old motorcycles the most recent one was uh, Kawasaki Zephyr 750
0: Saw that on Twitter, yeah. yeah
1: yeah. Oh gosh, I've never owned a Zephyr I've always looked at them, but people poo-poo them yeah. uh, and so when I got the opportunity to fix one up I thought I would uh, document it as best I could and uh, i put it up onto YouTube and a bit of Twitter and it's a runner <laughs> and I love it to bits, it's really good it's a great bike I'm really happy with it.
0: It's uh, there at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. And you've um you've got you've got one pretty special bike that's um left the stable recently.
1: Oh, uh the R one mm. is uh, actually I'm looking at it. So you're only seeing half of what <laughs> I'm prepared to show. Um but uh, yeah, I've still got the R one. It had um, Oh you've still got it? Yes, right here, right next to me. Oh.
0: Yeah. I thought you'd sold it.
1: No, no, I'm handing it over. I've part exchanged it. So I've ordered a brand new Yamaha Mm. XSR900.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, the R1 is a fantastic machine. I love it to bits. And I will have a more modern one in time. But I took it to Froxton recently to support Yamaha. And um, it was baking hot. And that bike cooked me. (laughs) It nearly killed me. uh, More
0: than the Ducati. The uh, the uh, the um, yeah but it cooked you more than the Ducati yeah
1: yeah it was proper hot yeah really yeah. it wasn't like gun explode the, the bike didn't seem to care it was the human factor the, human <laughs> the bike didn't care and uh, so yeah I took it to uh, Froxton. <clears> it was one of the hottest days of summer I rode it back and I just went I can't I can't do this this is I need something a bit more upright. And uh, so, yeah, I went to um, Bridge Motorcycles in Exeter, and I signed up for an XSR 900. And then the, they obviously had two buyers for my R1. And these two guys that I didn't even know existed started bidding against each other. And they're like, uh, they, Bridge are like, we need the bike. We need it now. And I'm like, I ain't giving you no bike. You ain't giving me a bike. Yeah. So that's why I still got it. I'm holding on to it. I'm uh-huh. miles on it. Um, because yeah. what's going to happen here is this is... Not them, it's me. What's going to happen here is I'm going to hand over my R1. They're going to they're going to give it to somebody else, right? And then I don't know. God, God forbid the ship that my bike's on sinks or something like that. <laughs> and then I don't get my motorbike, and I'll be like, well, I'd like my R1 back, please. And they'll be like, oh, I can't do that. Give you a yeah. Yeah. So I'll just hold on to it until they can actually produce the goods. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I guess um, you know those. If those those are those are buyers who are likely to know what they're what they're buying in terms of the R one, uh, not too many of them would come along that often. I wouldn't imagine.
1: No, uh, there were a few. Uh, when I said I was going to sell it, a few people were like, "Oh, it's uh, I don't know uh, Chinese bearings or something like that." But actually, it turns out with a bit of research that it's a um, it was a commission, and I don't know what uh, some. Race paint, is that right? Race paint did it. So, yeah. So obviously it's special to a lot of people. It's been been tuned and all that sort of stuff. So it goes for it. Yeah. It's the human factor. You don't want to know how old I am. I am old, and uh, <laughs> I just can't take it.
0: Don't think you're as old as me, Alex. I think I'm <clears throat>
1: probably older
0: than you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's. Well, uh,
1: I've just had an easier I, life. I,
0: I'm not. I'm not playing that game <laughs> because. <laughs> Because you'll win. <laughs> so um, I had a few, couple of other questions here, right. which um, I'd actually, uh, I just uh, messaged one of my daughters and asked, asked her to bring a refill. And uh, I te- texted her, messaged her. Oh, right. and, I ha- and I haven't seen a refill come along my way yet. So, so sack the um, yeah, sack yeah. the help yeah uh, on so i i uh i it's interesting what you were what your 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 experience about um you know mechanics if you like um uh our family my family back in the eighties uh had uh, three motorcycle shops up in nice. northeast of scotland and um uh, yeah it must have been early to mid eighties and uh, we, my brother, and I uh did uh competition schoolboy motocross, and oh. we had and we had um the little um Yamaha YZ 125s. Now, you say you don't mind tooting along in a 125, these really? things were just mental, <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely mental. <clears throat> uh, you know, competition motocross bikes, even though they are 1125s. 125s, I mean. You know, I I must have weighed all of about three stone at that time, and uh, oh wow, okay, ha- hanging on to one of these things was, Amazing. was was brilliant fun, yeah. But we used to, so the mechanics in the the garages were all, uh, you know, OEM trained mechanics. So we had, you know, they had um, Yamaha training. uh God, we had we had. um Dealerships for so Yamaha, Honda, Suzuki, Kawasaki, uh Jikati. Wow. Uh Laverda Laverda. Wow. La Verda, yeah. Uh I do so, Somebody somebody uh, somebody broke into one of the shops and s- stole a Laverda Verda Jota. Oh god. What <laughs> <the hell laughs> yeah.
1: today?
0: Yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that I uh I learned a lot of the sort of mechanical stuff, if you like, through osmosis. So just no. lurking about in the in the workshop, yeah. you know, and um uh just, just helping out the mechanics, you know, from yeah. Whenever I was coming back from school I would rather than go home, I would go in go over to the shops and just help out in the in the workshops. So yeah, it's good. For
1: it was me not when I was a kid, uh armed forces. So uh, uh, my dad was signals, but uh, we lived on a base and there were tanks and trucks. And so uh, as a kid, I was able to mess around with tanks and stuff like that. I never, I never fixed a tank or did anything. exciting. I might have driven a few trucks, don't hang on. (laughs) And so my, my love of mechanics kind of came from that early age. Yeah. your first motorbike was a 125 competition bike
0: no that wasn't my first bike no no um so my first motorbike first motorcycle was i would have been six or seven years old and it was a an ital jet 80 okay um i actually thought it was an xr 75 the honda xr 75 but um because uh, that's the I don't have a photograph of the Italjet. But I remembered, oh, I had an Italjet, uh, very very briefly, incredibly okay. unreliable. Um, don't think I ever did any 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 riding on it. So it was a, a little scrambler. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so then then came the Honda XR75. So something infinitely more reliable. Than the, the the noisy noisy angry little Ital jet, uh, and then we had uh, used to get my brother's hand me downs. So uh, Wait. He, yeah, so I would uh, then then I got uh, my brother's uh, uh, Suzuki RM eighty. Oh, good uh, Yeah. And then I think it was an RM. I think it was an RM one hundred. Honestly, I can't if there was such a thing. But then, and then it went, and then we went to YZ125s and, uh, to, really, I mean, no doubt, I, you know, privileged upbringing, absolutely, you know, um, so oh, good. And, uh, just loved every moment of it. And we used to, when I was, uh, when I was, uh, young, um, oh my goodness, maybe about, 16 i think my brother was a couple of years older than me and he used to work in the the the, the garage okay. so he had a key to get into the to to the to the, the shop when he disabled the alarm so we'd go in there on a sunday and all of the secondhand bikes were in the back of the the garage and uh we just, <laughs> just take our pick <laughs> And and head straight out straight it was a little was a little town in the northeast of Scotland and uh you know G S yeah. a thousand I had a GS S a thousand when I was sixty really? years old. <laughs> uh it was it was uh, it was fun times, you know, and I just think, oh my goodness, how how am I still alive? I've got okay. no idea, you know. Jeans, jeans and uh converse boots and uh, scrappy old helmet, you know oh. uh, uh leather jacket and denim cut off jeans that was the that was the level of protection that we had back then, but uh yeah it was it was brilliant, great times, but as a, you know getting back to the point, um I learned a lot mechanically um but there's a massive difference between a two stroke one two five and all of those bikes that <laughs> that are sat behind you.
1: Mm. Uh, it's like um anything if you if you're not doing something constantly uh you can fall out of uh, out of sync with it so i did yeah. take a little bit of a break um uh, from motorcycles and um you fall out really really quick three years of not doing anything with motorbikes and uh i now know what depression is so, <laughs>
0: <now> yeah <I'm...
1: laughs>
0: yeah yeah well i i uh I had a fifteen year break. Ah, okay. So oh. and every single summer I would hear the bikes yeah. out when I'm out and I am thinking oh, I just oh, why did I why did I get rid of that seven forty eight, you know? Well well um yeah. business, children, marriage, yep. well, you know respons- responsibilities, yeah. So um yeah. Uh but I'm, you know, delighted that I'm I'm back into it now. And, yeah. And uh,
1: a lot of feel- people don't. So they, they accept their responsibilities and uh, they say that they will get back into something, whether it's cars, bikes, golf, it doesn't really matter. And then they never do. And yeah. I think it's our responsibility to say to ourselves, there is so much that I will do for my family. I'll do anything for my family, but I need something. Yeah from them, I, I need it for me to be the person that I am. And so um in the past when I have had um girlfriends and a girl uh, has made comment about the amount of time that I'm spending doing the thing that makes me the person that I am, um, then you kind of know that things aren't gonna work out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it's it's I took a three-year break. I was convinced by a previous partner that it it would be a lot safer if I didn't do it, and all this sort of stuff. And I don't see motorcycling as inherently unsafe. You don't get, um, you don't sit down for dinner, do you, and get a fork and then stab yourself in the eye with it, do you? I mean, there's there's a reasonableness with what we do with motorcycles. Most Mm. of the threats for us come from outside sources, like other people on the road and with any sport there's a few bad eggs out there but you could say that of so many other things i one of the things that was i didn't get to start at such a young age as you um but i was around motorcycles uh, my dad rode my dad was just bsa bsa triumph um and i remember my first motorbike i worked right through the summer i worked seven days a week and uh, I'll give you the the quick rundown if you like. Feel free to edit it out. But, uh, yeah, um, my dad was in the Falklands. He came back. He wasn't the same dad. He beat two bells out of me and my mum for years and years and years. She finally um, divorced him, and then I had to be the breadwinner. And it was tough times. Uh, I was 13 years old, and... No one was bringing in any money, so I had to go out. I had to stop my schooling and go work, and I did anything I could to provide. I did turfing, which nearly broke me, and just anything. And then I got to a point in my summer holidays where I was working seven days a week and uh, went back to school, and I never completed a full week of school. Um, and I remember my mum protecting me when, at the time, you the truant officers come round, and uh, they would threaten her and all this sort of stuff but it was you know do you want electricity do you want the lights on in the house or not do you know what i mean do you want food on the table um, so i worked and i would give her as much of my money as possible and i would save and maybe a year later i did i saved up when i did my cbt and i was so pleased that passed my cbt and then that summer, I gave my mum all of the money that I'd saved. And I said, mum, will you please go and buy me a motorbike? Because I'm, I'm working. Literally, I was out the door before 6am and didn't come back until like after 10. And I went out robbing or anything like that. I was working uh, <laughs> in a hotel. I, I wish i had done better, right? But I was in the hotel and catering industry. So I'd do pots and pans. I'd serve as a kid, you know, I as a young teen. Doing anything I could, I would clean floors. It didn't bother me. I'd paint. I'd do turfing. Anything I could. So weeks go by, and I every every night I would come home. And one night, my brothers, uh, my two brothers, sat on the stairs, and they said, "Mum's bought you a motorbike." And I was like, "Oh my God, oh my God, she's bought me a Yamaha DT50." Oh yes! I didn't even go in the lounge and say anything to my mum. I went straight through the kitchen out to the back, and there was this shit box. Oh, FS1 SE, uh, Yamaha Fizzy, 49cc, absolute shitbox in black. A Fizzy? Yeah, I, Fizzy. Iconic. But it Iconic. had like a, a, a trillion miles on it, and it was well beaten. Oh. And for the first time, I felt a little bit low, and I thought, you know what, my mum's done the best that she can for me. I'll I'll relook at this in the morning. Went into the lounge, greeted my mum, thanked her ever so much, and she, did, she sorted out my insurance back then you had to walk to go and see a broker sorted out my insurance everything and um, she even gave tried to give me the change she's like here's the change and i'm just like no mum thank you ever so much i've got i've got transport now i can get away from the seaside town that i live in and go further afield and earn more money yeah and I tell you what first thing i did was crash the motorbike <laughs> 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 Well,
0: well, at least it wasn't a high-speed crash. Oh,
1: I took it down the road, and I I took it to my place of work, and just before it was a zebra crossing, somebody wanted to cross, and I grabbed a fistful of that front brake and went down on my side. Oh, yeah. And uh, worked for the rest of the day with scuffs and bruises all over me, left the bike for three days, and then came back to it, and then started to get to know it. And, yeah, it got me out of that deadbeat. Not deadbeat. That's really bad. No, it wasn't that. It was just a dead-end town. I actually miss yeah. that town for, for its craziness. Yeah. But if I hadn't have got my Yamaha, if my mum hadn't have got me that, I'd still be in that town right now. I yeah. never would have got to see the world. I never would have got to build the businesses that I've built. I would never have got to have ridden the motorcycles. That I, so I'm very much thankful to her. God bless her. Mm. Um, but yeah, 49cc so, Yamaha.
0: Yeah, the Fizzy, well, the dt 50 wouldn't have been anymore
1: oh man oh, <clears throat> Still tell myself off for being so cheeky and thinking she'd got me a dt50 she knew i wanted a yamaha
0: <laughs> and a fizzy as well i mean uh if you oh
1: yeah restricted 28 mile an hour maxed
0: out was was it was pretty easy to unrestrict them though wasn't it
1: wasn't
0: it, was it? Just... I... yeah <laughs> uh yeah it was, there was my my I, I mean i was i was uh couple of years younger than my brother so I was influenced oh. easy, very very easily influenced by my brother and all his mates and all of their ss honda ss 50s and fizzies and uh what else was there so ss fifties, a fizzy uh ap50 suzuki hey, ap50 AP, oh. a- yeah. they were all the same ilk so there's there there's a three yeah. three super mopeds if you like <laughs> they're not super bikes super mopeds honda ss50 yamaha fs1e suzuki ap50 and uh they all had them unrestricted they all had them they all had them with um you know well the two of them one of them was a four stroke and the other two were two strokes so they had um two strokes had expansion chambers and yeah, expansion yeah chamber exhausts and all of that you could hear them coming from miles away Brilliant. you know but yeah i mean uh well, you know great bikes to cut your teeth on you know yeah uh, absolutely
1: uh all of my friends were uh better off than me and so could get credit uh and all their yeah. parents could get credit i wasn't that lucky so yeah I had to kind of Work my way to, to better bikes. And they've always been, they've always puffed for years. They've always played a part in my life. Um, I'm more a biker than I am I like a car driver, to be fair.
2: Yeah. And I will
1: ride in pretty much all weathers or I'll get caught in all weathers. Um, but yeah, it, it was me on an FS1, a fizzy, 49cc, and all my mates on DT125s.
0: Ah. Uh, <laughs> If right. you'd done, if you'd unrestricted that little fizzy, you'd have been able to show those DT125s a clean <laughs> pair of heels. I know that. I know that. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I God, That sounds like. That sounds like there's a lot of weight on your shoulders as you were. Uh, uh, at that yeah. age, as a young man.
1: My responsibility, and um, uh, I. I kind of, if, if anything, if anyone's watching, uh, I miss my schooling. I wish I had of been able to have done my schooling. Um, mm. But at the end of the day, I had to provide. And then that has translated into my life now. So there's no silver spoon mm. or anything like that. I have worked my ass off day and night to provide for my family and have what I have. Mm. But I certainly don't lord it over everyone. It's kind of like in motorcycles. I've had a few comments on, uh, and and you do get them. I've had a few comments on Twitter, and it's just that uh, you're so lucky in that. And it's like, well, actually, I worked really, really hard to own this motorbike, and I love this bike. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that, you know, my my little Zephyr is better than anyone else's. It, it's just I have an appreciation for everybody's status. So I've had a few messages where they've been a grown men, and they're they're kind of too shy to tweet the fact that they're they, they talk it but they they won't show you that they're on a 125 and there's nothing wrong with that you're on a chinese 125 you're on two wheels dude
0: it's all good yeah yeah, yeah. it's so, like um it's like uh you know the etiquette of really? passing another motorcyclist on the road right yeah. I'll i'll I, I usually just wave actually oh, okay. I'm, I'm not like this you know <laughs> Hi-ya! I'm not like that, uh, I, you know. Bit of a cool wave. Can't, can't, can't look over excited, can you? You know, oh. you know can't look over excited. But I, I, I wave, and um, uh, whether you've got L plates on, you're on a 50cc, you're on, you know, it doesn't matter to me, you know. And I, I just, I, I think, you know, yeah. I mean, we're all part of the same club, really. We're
1: supposed to be, yeah. And there's a, there's few divisions out there. Uh, and some brands get a, a harder knock than others. Um, and so that's got to be quite hard for the owners. But I don't see... Um, I don't think I've ever slated any brands out there apart from, like... You know, when something goes wrong with your bike, it's not a brand's fault necessarily. Mm. Uh, it's just how that particular machine has been to you at that time. I don't think any manufacturer goes out there... Predominantly to make a really awful motorbike, but prove me wrong. <laughs> 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 I'm sure somebody out there is way wiser than I. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You're right, though. I mean, some brands do get a, a bad rap. I mean, you know, the 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 red lurker in the background there. Um, you know, not hey. not not well known for their um, electrical uh, prowess, if you like. Um.
1: yeah i mean things have moved on now because uh they're obviously they're owned by the audi group so if you look at a modern ducati you'll notice those audi uh, clips on the it's it's just typical vw group audi electrical Mm. components and things have really Mm. moved on a treat so Mm. ducatis of old yeah they have their quirks they're still fancy a 90s monster like an an m600 and i know it'll be as flat as a pancake but they do make a nice booming sound Um, so we'll see about that one but there's uh, there's a lot of new brands coming out there's there's bsa bsa
0: you 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 i i remember uh uh, motorcycle live uh you put down a deposit on a bsa didn't you
1: i i put in a pre-order on a bsa yeah uh, that was that was in writing as well yeah so that's an intent to purchase and then all of that forgotten about so don't worry about me bsa um but for being knocked back i still haven't uh chased a bsa i will have one but what was really nice was that uh, motorcycle live i got to speak to the director of bsa and you know he is the guy that he is okay there's people above him and all that sort of stuff but he took 45 minutes out of his day to talk to me Man to man about the sacrifices that he's personally made in order to bring this brand to where it is. So even though BSA haven't liked any of my tweets and, and don't care about my interest in them, um, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. They don't have to show me any any reverence, but I'm I'm going to have one. Uh, but I'm just going to wait until I guess uh, I'll wait a year or so, and and somebody somewhere will buy one and dope over it and run it in for me, and then offer it for sale, yeah. and we'll see. Um, I well,
0: knock twenty percent VAT off it straight away.
1: Yeah, I mean something that nobody has been talking about online is the pre-production bikes at um, Motorcycle Live. They with all the people getting on and off and on and off, they got a right battering.
0: I did saw, you, I, I did see that, yeah. You
1: saw that, yeah? You saw yeah, the Yeah, the yeah, yeah. And then hmm. I recently got to meet a uh, BSA that had been produced in India and shipped over here. And what blew my mind is they made appropriate changes to the bike. So the, the kick plate that, uh, that you know, your right foot would be next to at uh, Motorcycle Live was plastic. Now it's anodized metal and it's a lot tougher. Um, and it has a really nice finish on it. So, um, and that's just one example of the changes. So the bike looks the same, but they have made changes to it and hope it lasts um, uh, you know, a lot longer. There's a lot of naysayers out there for any new brand that comes along. Um, so I was very much aware when BSA started saying, we're taking pre-orders um, on social media. I'd see that people had been sent to the UK to put in a pre-order to get the bike. And that bike's gonna be shipped abroad because there's some wealthy fat cat somewhere that can right. afford to do such a thing, to have the first BSA in their country, whether it's a grey import or not. Um, so there's a demand for these things. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Royal Enfield, although I don't own one. I've worked on a few. Um, I'd love an Interceptor. That'd be quite cool. But mm. I'm no good at polishing um, aluminium. <laughs> Ah, oh, mm. that is just a big big globe on the side of the engine i'm thinking i'm gonna wreck that uh the engine cover itself and so many owners out there have them all polished and lovely and i'm just thinking mine will never be that beautiful so i've yeah helped.
0: yeah right yeah I, um one of the one of the lads at our lab um one of the engineers actually does the testing uh he's got a uh, GS 1250 GS 1250 Adventure, uh, and every year, uh, him and JT the prof uh, and a couple of others go away down to Spain or France or wherever, and just take two weeks off and just go wow. riding riding on the. Uh, uh, they, they don't slum it, you know. They're uh, they're booking into decent hotels and. Slums enjoying a nice cold beer at the end of the day as well and and then they're they're uh, doing all sorts of things like uh, you know they'll, they'll pop in and do an off-road experience here for a day and do something else there for a day and so on so uh, but um when I was down just after they came back this year I was at uh, end of must have been beginning of August when they came back and I was down at the lab. And uh, I said to Andy, "You know, how did you how did your uh, couple of weeks go down in in uh, Spain?" And he says, oh, it's "Brilliant, brilliant, absolutely amazing. You know, we could have spent the whole day just speaking about the highlights. You know, <laughs> but but he says, 'I'm already bo- I'm already uh, sorting out next year's trip and the year after.' Wow. <laughs> and the year so 2024, 2024. He's talking about doing the Himalayas on Royal Enfields. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> now that's oh, just I that's want I, I want I want some of that. I want to I want to be able to get into doing something like that. That would just be I mean
1: That'd be
0: amazing. You know uh, we, when, when we're sitting down with my mates and we're just having a beer and you know, if we've been if we're away on the bikes for a couple of days and we're you know, those are great roads, blah blah blah, and we have some amazing roads in Scotland. But That's true. then we're then we thinking, well, you know, what about Austria? The roads over in Austria are really good, and and that you know the the whole thought of just going and doing the Himalayas on a Royal Enfield. Oh, yes. Uh, just, it yes. It just makes everything. just puts everything else in, uh, yes. into into insignificance, doesn't it?
1: Oh, I love
0: that. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah. I I need to it's one of those sorts of things where you obviously you need to prepare for it, but uh okay. I'm think I'm thinking about other things like documenting it, you know, video doing the video documentation. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. So
1: Yeah, I mean they're what, twenty four horsepower. Um, but any review I've ever seen of the Himalayas has been positive. Really? So they've everybody has said that that motorcycle is capable in its own right, and will. I, I don't know if uh, if anyone watches uh, that Freddie Dobbs. Do you do you watch Freddie Dobbs? Do you know? Who no, he is? no. He's a YouTuber and Instagrammer, um, and him and his missus, um, they stayed in Tenerife for a while. But everything he outputs is all about motorbikes. I mean, this guy used to do. I uh, used to drive for Ocado. so that was his job. He just used to drive for Arcado and do a few uh, YouTube videos on motorbikes. And now this is his career. He talks about his sponsors as clients and just, you know, people are queuing up to give him a motorbike to, to ride. And, uh, Brilliant. He was, what I like about this guy is he is fairly down to earth. And when he did the review of the, when he does a review of a motorbike, he doesn't big it up like a lot of reviewers do and and Mm. talk a whole load of nonsense that it's the translation between you and I as motorcycle riders listening to somebody talking about a a bike and and our BS meters going up into the red (laughs) yeah and then somebody else talking about a bike and you just know that they've ridden it you know that they're communicating well about it. you feel Mm. as if when you get on it you know it
0: did you I think I picked this up from you originally actually on Twitter and so when a lot of the bike reviewers are doing their review on a you know a new motorcycle
2: yeah it, it,
0: all of the reviews are very favorable reviews
1: oh very yeah all yeah. the uh, next time
0: and then you know a year later uh, there's another person from the same publication or whatever and and the reviews crap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know it's a crap bike. Sorry, I don't mean the reviews crap. It's
1: like any industry. I mean a lot of us that are oh. into motorcycles, I mean I'm never going to be noticed because I, I spend my time on Twitter and it you know if it, it's the instagrammers and the youtubers of this world that are going on to the things that they want to do. Yeah. But when it comes to um motorcycles and using social media about them we are totally outgunned and i talked about this on social uh, okay i talked about it in the respect that i was somebody was going oh nobody ever notices me and all that sort of stuff and i'm thinking yeah don't worry mate nobody ever notices me and then i went onto youtube and i just bought a soup making thing right uh blender whatever it is and so i thought i'd just go and watch a couple of youtube videos on it in case there's some tips or tricks that i needed a lady in her kitchen, nobody special, did an eight-minute review on one, 250,000 views. So forget it. <laughs> on some of my <laughs> videos, I have 139 <laughs> views. We, we've lost it. There's the, there's,
0: there. the, there's the answer to your question,
1: Alex. So it's... That's why motorcycle reviewers are given overly favourable response to their first ride, their yeah. first meet of that motorcycle, because... They will never be invited again. Yeah, it's true. They've, they've, that's the feedback that I've got from them. They won't be invited again by that brand. Obviously, if they if they ride of site when they start, oh
0: sorry, you mean if they if they if they if they give a negative review, they'll never be they invited give back again. A
1: media, if they give a neutral to negative review, so neutral or understand. negative, they won't back. And you know it. <laughs> uh, there's been there's been plenty of reviewers out there that have gone. And you just know that they didn't get on with the bike. So they just start talking nonsense. Um, And it happens frequently and it's okay; It's just the industry, isn't it? I love the industry. It's great. But I've never been one for making out that something's way better than it could be. And I've certainly never contemplated um, uh, just trying to instill that a particular brand is so good because of that's what i love about motorcycles the amount of choice that we get as bikers Mm. yeah there's bikes for tall guys and girls there's lower bikes there's long bikes there's powerful bikes Mm. there's something for everyone so i kind of hope that we all get along and i doubt many manufacturers wake up in the morning trying to knock out some more rubbish for us but when i think about Anyone's social media presence talking about motorbikes, and then I always instantly go to that food blender, that soup making machine, and just go, Wow, (laughs) quarter of a million views! And all she was doing was a quick demo on a Breville soup maker. And then there we are doing it, pumping out our social media, doing everything we can.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and and you know, I, I, I uh, well, I I create create a little bit of video content, don't create a massive amount. uh, purely because it's so time consuming but um I do know the effort that's required to to produce a shit video and the difference between producing a uh an okay video and <clears throat> we had uh lamb chops rides yeah cool yeah we had uh, chopsy at the uh lab at the beginning of the right. year. Uh super guy, lovely guy. Uh, you know, and he's just exactly as he is on camera. Lovely. That's exactly how he is in person, and I like that as well. <laughs> um I like that about people, you know. Yes. Uh and Chopsy came to the lab, uh spent, oh my goodness, I reckon, best part of a day with us at the lab. And uh you know, he it's, had it's it's a camera here and a camera there and he had mic, uh, Bluetooth microphones and yeah, okay. he knew exactly the content that he wanted to get okay. from us I remember. Uh, throughout yeah. this process, yeah. And he, he produced, the, ultimately the content was about 25 minutes, just under 25 minutes long. And it was, I thought, I mean, okay, you know, I, uh, I found it particularly interesting because it was it was about us. But yeah. you go and look at his other videos, and you see the effort that he goes to in producing yeah. producing. So you can see how you know he's got the number of followers that he's got. He's he's yeah. you know he he puts in the research, uh, gives gives his his honest and fair opinion about something, and he also is a videographer as well. So he's you know he has to gain those skills
1: yeah
0: and yeah. Um, so yeah
1: i don't have those skills um i was only tweeting today that uh, i want to save old motorbikes and i want to be able to buy them and uh, work through their problems fix them up and then yeah. find some way of uh, selling them or auctioning them or or giving them away but i don't have the video production skills
0: I'll just grab my phone. <laughs> I'll just no, grab my but but in, in all honesty, that's that's all you need, as long as your phone is on a on a tripod and uh, you've got decent quality sound. I mean I it's quite quite often worse the probably the, Yeah. So I use these uh road oh, uh all um nice Bluetooth and, and that just fits into the uh, either my digital camera or the or my phone. And uh you know, it's just just it's just the little things like that that step up the quality of a video.
1: Okay,
0: alright. Yeah. I at
1: them and, and went, oh, God, it's expensive.
0: But yeah. Yeah. So that that also brings me on to this um series that that I've picked up on that you're doing on Twitter at the moment, which I think is fascinating. Uh, moto tingle finds bikes oh finds motorcycles yeah.
1: ah I, I get i get positive and negative uh from it because i do bash the sellers uh, not all the time but i do see because i am like i'm like you I'm, I'm a buyer of motorcycles so when it's time for me to buy a new motorbike i have to look at the market. I don't believe believe anybody out there just looks and goes, well, I'll have a a, a red CBR 600 and then just finds a red CBR 600 and buys it. We all do a little bit of research. We do YouTube videos. And all I was trying to do with that series, all I'm trying to do with that series is uh, educate people on my own experiences of buying. So Mm -hmm. I read into what the seller is saying. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, And today there was a a Yamaha uh, 900, and the guy actually said in the advert that he'd got to the end of his tether with that bike and explained that it had a misfire. And I gave a few examples of what the misfire could be, but I will guess that it's probably a top-end rebuild. Um, but and he wants money for it. And to, to you or I, a top-end rebuild is, I'm just going to find another bike. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's kind of like a challenge. And I'm just like, I'll make him a cheeky bid. And if he takes it, I won't be hard, I'll be hard but I, if he takes it, I'd love to make a little YouTube series out of figuring out what's wrong with this motorbike. And then I don't know what I haven't thought it through yet. But th- that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to instill a little bit of sense into the uh, buyer's market. And I've had quite a lot of positive feedback from people saying, I hadn't thought of that. That hadn't occurred to me. I see other sellers saying that because there's a lot of legality to you think, well, if I buy something, it's a duffer. I'll just take them to court and I will win won't if they word it right uh you just won't win because they're you know it's caveat emptor anyway but you can still actually take someone you can take anyone to court someone could walk past you in the street (laughs) and you can take them to court so you can you can take a seller to court whether you're successful or not Mm. um is a different matter but i like i would like the idea of buying motorbikes and filming the process and fixing them and then finding a way to find them a good home but uh i don't know. So,
0: so 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 you're getting roasted by the uh, the owners okay, of these people on occasion these bikes
1: because it, it, it could be anything from i've offended somebody because i've mentioned that it's a suzuki that's broken or i don't like the seller because such and such and then what people have done is they've contacted the seller and they've said hey have you seen what alex is saying about you <laughs> and then i've had <laughs> messages from the seller going you take that off the internet or i'll sue you and it's kind of like buddy it's you put it into the public domain i am going to critique it as yeah. i get critiqued but i will critique it in um a, in, a, in a safe way so i have uh, pointed out a motorcycle that was for sale the seller was saying all the right things and i zoomed in on the picture and you could see that the brake lines were twisted or the brake hoses sorry were twisted um, okay and and it was a bad repair and an mot check and it, so i'm all i'm doing is affirming what i suspect is wrong yeah uh, or I suspect that they, I saw that bike for sale for 500 quid. Now it's up 1,500 pounds, like two weeks later, with an MOT on it. Right. And look, when the bike was 500 quid, it had no no calipers on it. Now it's got calipers. But the hoses are twisted, or they're just dangling, they've just put super long hoses on it. So, yeah. sorry, I'm off. Then.
0: Yeah, no, it's interesting. I think that's, uh, I've, I've found a, a few of those, I found a few of the videos that you've done I don't see them all because I'm you know, I, I wish I could I wish I could see all the content on Twitter. well actually I'll take that back. We get shown what we get <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the algorithm. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. I see my Spaniel is, is just sitting there waiting at the other side of the glass door, going why have you abandoned me this evening? <sighs> who who are you speaking to? Who's more important <laughs> than me? It's Alex, yeah. So yeah. clear off. Me. <laughs> Give me two seconds, Alex. Let me go and take. Uh, let me go and take Honey. Honey through. Oh, save
1: the dog.
2: While go. well, I've got you all to
1: myself, is he a great bloke? is nice? Not that you'll see this, because he probably won't edit it. Just chuck, mm. chop great big bits Sorry
0: about there. that, buddy. Yeah, she's uh, she's gonna settle down there how okay. is uh how's hero uh
1: hero is just getting old and uh, he's a happy boy so uh, yeah he'll be pleased to see me but um yeah i'm uh, i'm riding uh, a bmw r1150 rt at the moment mostly although today i was on the honda and um it's just it's just a shame i can't take my dog with me you see all these videos on social media with people putting their dogs on their motorbike but uh, i once put a pizza in a back box and uh, i rode from where i bought the pizza to home opened the back box and the pizza was smashed to pieces so there's no way i'm putting a dog on my motorbike it's
0: such a shame yeah but yeah so um uh uh, who's, it's, uh buddy the bike the buddy the biker dog if you yeah. you seen buddy the biker dog i have
1: yeah
0: yeah um yeah um
1: do you remember how we met, how we first met?
0: Was it in a nightclub? Did we have a fight?
1: And if mm. we did, probably won. So, <laughs> we actually, for, for any of the uh, you out there um, that um, have heard of the Helmet Inspection Company, I'm I'm one of the more vocal people that's in favor of them because, I was actually going to take a particular company to court um, because of how the industry had taught me. So this is the actual helmet, and the, there's your tag on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, what had happened is this uh, shoe berth helmet, which which uh, is fairly decent money helmet. It's not, not cheap, mm. is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, had gone back for some warranty work and uh, then was delivered back to me. Um, and was damaged so um yeah the uh, the switch for the uh, sunglasses was was broken off of the helmet and at that okay. point i was like because my helmet has been impacted there is no way i can ever wear that helmet again and the supplier's like yeah yeah we'll just fix it and i was like yeah well i don't have a choice do i you're going to fix it but now i can never wear that helmet ever again because what we're taught is if anything happens to it We are to dispose of our motorcycle helmets immediately. And there's plenty of videos out there where um, even the guy from uh, Arai, if I've said it right, uh, one of the reps from Arai in the UK is saying, if there's doubt, there is no doubt. Get rid of your helmet. If you think you've you've dinked it, get rid of your helmet. So I was furious. um, Mm. And I started tweeting about the bad service that I'd had and the fact that my helmet was damaged. And uh, all they've done is said, well, yeah, we'll just fix it. And um, I thought, that uh, that's not good enough. And then out of nowhere, you tweeted at me. And you said, this is what we do for a living. We test helmets. And I was like, I think I tweeted at the time that there is no service in the world that does this. Because <laughs> if there was, I'd use it. And you said, yeah. here we are. Yeah. So yeah, I ended up sending my uh, helmet to you. Mm-hmm. And you, won, you saved me from taking them to court because I had been taught from day zero of uh, owning motorcycle helmets that if anything happens to it and i've done this the amount of helmets i've disposed of in the past because i felt that something's happened to it or i've seen something happen to it and i thought i can't trust that again i need i need this to be viable for if that one day where something goes wrong and i hit the deck i need this to be the best that it can absolutely be um And so you explained what you did and I duly uh, signed up and sent my helmet off and that was just amazing. You sent me like the the scans of the helmet and um, I was just absolutely blown away by the service. You saved me from taking them to court because that's how I believed the world was. Mm. you drop the helmet, you've got to replace it. They have to fix my helmet, replace it. Um, Mm. And to this day, I've still got my shoe berth and I still use it confidently. And uh, yeah, so the service that you offer, um, I'm so thankful for, because my mindset at the time was stuck in the old world.
0: <laughs> it is. I mean, if you if you if you think about uh, the retailer or the manufacturer, if the retailer or manufacturer is not aware of of the service that we provide, <clears throat> then. Their default position will be, yeah, you know it's the age old narrative uh if you drop it, replace it, you know right. um I don't know you know I don't know the full details of the the experience that you had with that shoebirth. but um it, it and then of course you know if we, if we you know we've come along and we've we're using science and technology to yeah. do a structural test. Uh, do a uh, an integrity test on the helmet, um, and uh, you know we can identify if there is any. Da- By the way, we don't we don't supply any images now. Our no, insurance so that, our yeah, insurance broker.
1: Coming, you just um, you were just showing me my helmet, and that
0: yeah.
1: for me the process that you took me through um, changed my world for the better.
2: Mm. It- mm.
1: It's something where we've we've been taught forever that if something happens, that's the end of our helmet. And I was, I was to the supplier. I was saying, I sent you a perfectly good helmet. You've sent it back damaged. I can never wear this again. Even if you fix it, I can physically never, ever wear this again or trust it. I'm going to have to bin it. You've just cost me a shoe berth, which I keep so tidily mm. and look after. <laughs> mm. And uh, they were nonchalant and did not care. And uh, yeah, there was plenty of to and fro in on social media until they ended up blocking me. Um, and it wasn't me slagging them off. It was just me explaining my experience. You then taught me that uh, visual inspections, because you, you've met the visual inspections where a helmet supplier has done a visual inspection on a helmet. And then it's gone to you for scanning. And they've said, yeah, yeah, it's fine. You've gone and scanned it and it's found not to be safe. And that's Cor- the,
0: correct. Yeah. that is
1: correct. shocking that that people believe that this device that's there to save us mm. can have some kind of person pull out the liner and look at whatever, you, you know better terminology than I do, and mm. make a determination. Um, and I think it would be wise of anybody that um, wants to know more to go on your website and have a look at what you do.
0: I'm not being paid for this by the way. Yeah, no, it's very I was just gonna say, Alex, it's very kind of you to 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 plug the business. Um yeah, it's uh well, it's I mean we're 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 still in our, our early days, you know, but it is it is an outdated narrative now. Yeah. Um and you know, I don't what I don't want to do is is say to people, um, yeah, if you've dropped your helmet, uh, you know, one in four, for example, let's say for argument's sake, one in four helmets uh dropped helmets are actually okay. The problem with saying things like that is that someone could drop a helmet and go, well, 75% chance it's okay <laughs> you know, statistically speaking. And I just, you know, I think what well, what we're what we're the narrative that we're trying to drive here is you just don't know. It's a complete lottery. It could be, it could look completely scrapped, uh, you know. And when we test it, we find out it's just cosmetic damage, superficial. Or it could have fallen from a short height, still look okay, and you know there's damage in there that's safety critical. So it it goes both ways completely. To, to the far, to each end of the, the rainbow, if you like, what spectrum. I,
1: what I like the most is that the service that you offer is affordable. When, mm. when you think most of us are running around with helmets in excess of £200, mm. £200 would be considered a low-end helmet, mm. um, but still advised by whatever standards. But a lot of us are running around with three to £600 helmets. Mm. So for the money that you charge... Uh, for peace of mind Um, I I recently, no it was at the start of the year, I bought uh, I wanted an AVG AX9 helmet and uh, the seller had just said that they'd bought it and then they didn't want it anymore Mm. and I said to the seller if I buy, and I'm talking about buying a second hand helmet here because I was saving Mm. a lot of money I said to the seller, when I buy this helmet I'm going to send it to the helmet inspection company and if it fails inspection, I will want a refund and the seller agreed to that and that gave me my peace of mind. I thought what's what's another forty odd quid
0: mm. in
1: the grand scheme of things for knowing that it's never been dropped. I don't know why they're selling it, you know, but I knew I was saving money at the time. And that was the first time that I've ever bought a second hand helmet because I felt confident enough that your service would let me know that it was safe or
0: unsaving. <clears throat> wow, yeah. I'm I'm amazing. I mean that that, that does um it does bring in the the sort of safety element to uh, a purchase, a second-hand purchase of a of a helmet. You know, it's.
1: I'm not saying people should go out and do that. Yeah. That my experience of the yeah. grief that I got for doing it. People are like, you don't buy a second-hand helmet. You yeah. There's loads of uh, showies and aris on eBay. Oh,
0: people oh. I've bought some. Uh, I've bought some real scrappers off eBay just to to make a point. You know, um, twenty quid here. Wow. 20- twenty quid there, you know. Um one of the one of the uh, you know it's part, part of the ECE uh well it's twenty two oh six but ECE twenty two oh five I man, I'm not I don't I don't uh I won't be able to a, another right. top up another top up there. Cheers, pal. Um yeah, I don't I don't I can't recite ECE twenty two oh five verbatim, but I believe that one of the tests is that on impact the visor uh should not be separated from the helmet. So um I was uh I was doing a little uh well I was in the process of creating a little video to explain how the shock wave uh does not get dissipated uh during an impact of of a mo- traditional motorcycle helmet shockwave travels straight through that eps eps liner yeah so i bought a couple of scrappy old helmets off ebay and uh, uh and i was trying to tape in uh an egg into the inside <laughs> of the helmet <laughs> Yeah, no, very very scientific, yeah. Um actually it's that's it's um I got the idea from, from the prof, uh JT. Okay. He said, Yeah, just put an egg in there and and uh, drop the helmet and you'll see that'll what'll happen, you know? Uh and that's what happens to your brain. So um anyway I dropped the helmet. The egg flew out way down the road and I don't know whether it cracked when it was in the helmet or when it flew out, but <laughs> but the the uh the okay. first thing that first thing I noticed was the visor just went You all just flew off, you know, and that was just a drop from waist height, you know. So, um, you to give up, yeah. I mean, we,
1: in my my simple non science brain, when I sat down and the professor was talking to me, uh, a lot of the misconception that people have about the service that you offer is that you just fire a laser at it and then that's the answer. The professor Mm. was explaining it in way better detail than I can, but he was talking about the temperature change. Mm -hmm. And it was over three degrees Celsius. And that Mm -hmm. was then translated over the entire... And it wasn't what people think, because I get the odd comment now and again where people are like, oh, what happens when it's tested? And I try and explain it as as mediocre as I can. But the prof explained it in a way that I just went, oh, because most people just think you're firing a laser at something, uh, and then you get an image and that tells them. But it's not. It's The professor was telling me it was how the material responds to a temperature differential which is only three degrees celsius yeah but the equipment is so sensitive it can mm. then relate to what's happening with the and and some amazing stuff happens yeah well.
0: yeah it, it does need to be particularly sensitive so it's uh, sensitivity i think is about 100 uh, 100 nanometers um which is um so that's capable of identifying the flu virus for example yeah so so it's that it's that level of um but this is uh,
1: also the same equipment that he exactly the same equipment he was telling me that he uses with the rnli contract so the same stuff is being correct. lasers are being used to scan the hulls of rnli lifeboats.
0: yeah because they're uh, carbon fiber hulls
1: amazing yeah, so yeah. if the R and L I trust what you're doing yeah. and the science behind it, when a biker comes to me and they're like, eh, it's all, it's all, you know, nonsense," it's kind of like, "Dude, you're missing the point." <laughs> yeah,
0: but the thing is, it's, I mean, I think we're, we've been described by by quite a few people now as being disruptors in the market. Oh, okay. um, we've got something that is new, a new application or yes. a technology that's been around for 25, 30 years, right? Oh. So the aer- aerospace industry have been using this technology to, uh, uh, you know, look for stress on and damage on uh, airplanes, fuselages, wings, ter- turbine blades, all of those things. So w- all we've done is we've scaled it down and just applied it to motorcycle helmets because... Okay. Um, I'm a passionate biker and JT is and quite a few of the rest of the guys who are in the lab are. Uh, you know, we just um the other thing as well is um, you know, when we when we opened our doors um on the first of July last year, we had no idea. We just thought, right, we'll just stick with motorcycle helmets because we know bikers, we are bikers, and you know. Uh, will resonate more with bikers, you know. And then we get uh, one of the aerospace defence, big, big massive uh, American companies say we've got this uh, new fighter pilot helmet here. Uh, Can you test this for us? You know, because they've got I I think the cost, once you add all the value to that helmet it's about 25 grand. Right, so you don't want to be you don't want to be uh you know me- um putting tw- 20, 20 odd grand's worth of equipment onto a a 5 grand shell that's that's uh, that's not going to be struct- structurally sound you know so and then uh yeah then we got uh we've got approached by the RAF luge team the winter sport you know the luge um, do you know what that is? It's the. It's like right, so it's like it's a bit like bobsleigh, right? But it's the guys that go down on a single board on their backs down this sort of Bob, bobsleigh track, track right? Like the helmets, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So they've got the, they've got a pile of helmets for their winter games. The RAF uh, uh, take part in the winter games, so okay. they've, they've they're preparing for the winter games. They're sending us a pile of their helmets, and we're all. They're all uh, uh, okay. at the lab at the moment. Uh, that's equestrians. Equestrians. Yeah. Um, but you,
1: you are disrupting the industry because you're, you, you've are you messed with the natural order of things. Yeah. And the yeah. natural order is, if in doubt, and those are the words that the, the Arai guy said, there's video yeah. doing it, if in doubt, <laughs> there is no doubt, carry your helmet. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like, that's why we don't over our helmets. There's very few of us out there that are running around with, with rubbish helmets. We're all kind of very, very careful with them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree. And, you know, people are not sending us a helmet just on a whim. You know, yeah. they, they suspect that there's maybe something that's either aged, it's either gone beyond the manufacturer's uh, recommended uh, serviceable life, three to five years or whatever it is, um different manufacturers have got different recommendations, or it's been dropped, or one of their mates has dropped it, or you know whatever but we're we're always you know it's, there's always a story behind each helmet yeah. that we that we see so yeah it's a it's a, we are disrupting um it's it's relatively new if you think about the message that we've been it's been drummed into us as bikers over decades drop your helmet just replace it that's the best thing you can do right okay well that's that's now an outdated narrative (laughs) and you don't need to send it to landfill because these things are not recyclable either
1: yeah yeah. and if Um, if it's if it costs me 40 quid i've dropped my helmet cost me 40 pound which is 40 quid either way but I get to know that that helmet lives on, you know. Obviously, with reasonableness, if there's a chunk yeah. out of the helmet or the yeah. paint looks damaged, I'll probably yeah, yeah, leave. yeah. I but mean, if, if one really if
0: one on. side of it is flat, for example, then uh, you know, then it's unlikely to be um, serviceable. <laughs> if you've if you've been trying to protect a uh, recover from a low side using your head, then uh, something it. it's a, don't send it to save your forty quid. <laughs> yeah, just. just Put your 40 quid to buying a new one, yeah. There was, um, we've got another helmet inbound, uh, on its way to us just now. Four grand. And this is for a motorsport helmet, wow. uh, a, a bell bell helmet, um, anti ballistic protection ABP helmet. I mean, I don't know if it's four grand, including the paint job, or you know, okay. So it's still a three grand helmet plus a, a grand's paint job isn't it so yeah no fascinating um well i say that fascinating that's that was a bit uh...
1: it is it is though if you and <clears throat> to the viewers it is something that goes against the grain so yeah you're you're busy disrupting things and who's to say 10 years from now when it becomes common practice for us to walking to a a motorcycle shop that sells helmets for them to say if you're not using it this winter we'll have it there and back in a week you know and we test it for this amount of money that would be convenient to me if i'm not riding through the winter there's Mm. so many options for the future for it to blossom but Mm. i care about my it's easy to argue that if i just go and buy a new helmet for 500 quid then i'm safe but Mm. At the end of the day, I care about the safety equipment that I have, and it's not bothering me to have my helmet tested every 12 months, just to make sure. Mm. It's £40 here and less. It's worth it to me to say, off we go again. Because they, they talk about time as well, don't they? The manufacturers.
0: Right. Um, as, in the age, as in the age of your helmet, yeah. <clears throat> I think RI, RI give you a seven-year serviceable oh. life period. Right. Um some of the others are three to five years. So, okay. right. um,
1: you vary.
0: But, you know, I think, well, three to five years is quite, a, <laughs> that's quite a, quite a span, actually, to say, okay. well, it's roughly three to five years. All right. Well, OK. Is that three years or is it five years or is it four years? Well, that depends on how you've used it.
1: <laughs> OK. Yeah. All right.
0: It's, it's too much, I think there's too much ambiguity around the uh, safety credentials of a helmet. And I think that, so for me personally, I think that the manufacturers, whether this is by design or not, I don't know. But I think that they should be more, uh, they should provide more information about why have they put this three to five year uh, lifespan on why do I have to replace it when I drop it? Well, this, you know, we know exactly why you, you know, because we know what the, how, uh, how the damage would manifest itself on a, on the, on a helmet. Oh, okay. So it would be nice for a consumer to have that level of education as well, rather than because, the, because the manufacturers are just saying, well, a blanket statement just replace it if you've dropped it yes that's what i was told yeah but 500 quid helmet you know can you please just give me a little bit more justification <laughs> before i go and give you another 500 quid uh so i think that they i think that they don't help themselves in some cases and now that may be by design and it may be because their legal um advisors have just oh. said yeah. to keep it keep it that way but i don't know I'm not but I'm not. I,
1: I as a if, if, and I'm not I as a helmet manufacturer would probably be quite smart to go, actually every two years we offer a recertification programme which mm. then sends that, you know there's a they clean it, whatever, send it to you and it comes mm. back with some form of certification. But yeah, like you said.
0: Yeah, we've been we've send you
1: a new fridge freezer than fix uh, yeah. your old one. That seems to be the way of the world. That's right. Yeah.
0: yeah. We we were um we were looking into uh refurb service. So but it's just it just feels it just feels quite difficult, you know, it's like uh every bloody helmet has got different visor fitments. Uh you know, oh. so you have to train people yeah. on, on every single different type of visor that any every single helmet will have on the market. Then you've got um the availability of of yeah. replacement cheek pads and so on. You don't need to go far into this thought process to realise. it Sounds good, but actually, it's a, it's actually quite difficult to do that. Uh, I would love a service like that as well. Oh, you yeah. know, it's Absolutely. so. Um, um, back to motorbikes. Back to bikes.
1: Back to bikes. Lovely, lovely Ducati, which we don't get to see enough of on social media so i think you're you're not helping us there by by not
0: spamming our timelines with it <laughs> so the reason for that alex and and you'll probably appreciate this as well is that um it's my one and only bike okay uh yes. I, I and it's um I'm good an, it. an amazing bike I, I got it uh i picked it up when it was 7 years old uh it's now 10 years old i picked it up when it had Three thousand miles on the clock, not
1: even running.
0: And now it's got fifteen thousand, and I'm going to need a a Desmo service pretty soon. So you know, I've done uh, twelve thousand miles in three years. Uh, So yeah, I do use it, Um, but I don't know. It's just, uh, it just, I'm not comfortable about posting up photographs of my bike all the time you know and because my twitter feed my, my twitter account is actually a a company account oh you know, right so That's
1: so, big, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so i don't i don't feel comfortable about doing that so it's because it's like you know oh look what i've got and okay,
1: well i guess uh, the next question is uh assuming you were going to part exchange your ducati what's the next bike how you must there must be something there
0: oh yeah yeah
1: oh tell us. yeah, what
0: yeah. Is but without a doubt yeah it's a 1299 final edition
1: final edition yeah tricolor
0: yeah, yeah. tricolor yeah with the wheelbarrow akrapovic yes
1: yeah i've lost i, want one too, but I yeah. cannot get near one oh. i've seen them i've never oh. ridden them, but it's oh. gorgeous isn't
0: it just a stunning looking bike absolutely yeah but the problem the problem is. I ride my bikes, you know, and and I can't help feeling that the final edition is maybe a bike that needs to not have so many miles put onto it.
1: Yeah, you've got to, yeah.
0: Uh, so I don't know, I, I mean... We
1: can't take them with us.
0: Definitely not, no. So yeah.
1: The way I look at it is I'm not here to uh, abuse the motorcycles that I have. Um, it's really a matter of, uh, I'm not going to have a, a, a garage princess c b seven fifty, which just has the covers brought off of it once a year to yeah no, I, I, I use it in the wet. I, I use I clean it, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. no valita or anything like that, but I clean and maintain my motorcycles as best I can and give them the use that they that they need. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying with the uh, with the final edition. Um,
0: but you did it, ask the question, and that's, and yeah, well, that, had, that, that, uh, and that's yeah. The, that's the bite. That's just, uh, you know, I mean, I think the 1199 was, um, it just popped up on Facebook Marketplace one day. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd test ridden an S1000RR. Okay. And um, I thought, poof yeah actually i get, i quite like this bike you know um i mean if nothing else for the lean angle indicators yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you get. so um i think i i think i got a decent i think i i got a decent lean angle to to put the bike back to the dealer with oh. <laughs> so um i thought yeah that's that's a that's just such a such a competent uh, bike um I went back to the BMW dealer, took the bike back, and and the the uh, sales guide said, "Well, listen," he says, "if you want to put your name down for one, I don't need to take a deposit because if you don't want it, I can always sell it, so don't worry about that." So I said, "Yeah, put my name down then." So <clears throat> uh, it's quite a long waiting, quite a long time to wait for this bike. So in the meantime, uh, Facebook Marketplace shoved this 1199 Panigale. Which was only four miles away from me, convenient in under my nose and uh, and the rest is history, but I think uh you know it's a lot it's a lot of um bike for the road i yeah. think you know i think yeah track uh brilliant it's a mean, it's a track bike clearly but um i I came out of a daytona 675r uh Tri- triumph 675r which was no slouch
1: absolutely yeah
0: and Great. uh yeah a f- superb bike and to go from that because there would be occasions when <laughs> i'd be out with my mates and they're all on on liter bikes you know and uh they're they're eventually catching up with me uh once once i'm on the street but <laughs> In the twisties, you know, it's just like just a corner-seeking missile, the, the the Daytona, and uh, maybe on the streets, maybe on the streets, a couple of times I'd be thinking, oh, I could do with a little bit more power here and stop these guys <laughs> humbling me, you know. <laughs> um, but I think an eleven nine nine is probably too much for the road, uh, you know, and I would have been equally as happy with an eight nine nine or a nine five nine. Had a shot one of my mates nine five nines and uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful bike as well. So yeah, maybe a bit of a vanity purchase.
1: Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a great looking motorcycle. Um, I know what you're saying about the nine five nines. I've sat on one and it fitted really well, and I had a thing for the nine. Uh, five. I had a thing for them. I still do. That's why I'm. Slur- I'm messing my words up now because I'm daydreaming about one. Uh, i'm just down to one ducati and uh, i think that'll be that'll be it for the moment Mm. Mm.
0: so what's oh lost your uh, video there
1: uh, stupid question
0: yeah so uh, uh let me turn that question back around to you then alex me yeah so you know Whats what what would you like what would you really like to have i mean I, you've got some cracking bikes there, but what would you like to have sitting there
1: oh God, the list is endless
0: um, i I know it's a big long list, but surely it, it, you might i mean it is for me as well I would like the other one the other one that i i think is motorcycle live right yep langen
1: oh. Now you're talking. <laughs> you need deep pockets for one. The guys nice. were great, weren't they?
0: Well, they were really good. They yeah, really, Chris. Really Chris. Um, oh, I can't remember Chris's name. Connected with him on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, Chris.
1: Uh, I mean, we we saw two of the guys um, from Langen at the hotel, and they they were sat there with that empty bottle of um, bubble of uh, champagne or whatever, and two empty glasses. Yeah. Like. Um, right what are they doing drinking that? And I, I'd, I'd stupidly thought that that is a really funny drink for a couple of uh, quite burly guys to be drinking, but they just decided to sit on that table and that was what they were left with. So that's right. it was a good conversation starter, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But they were just, they were so into their boss and mm-hmm. his vision for the business and that the business yep. was actually mm-hmm. doing other things for other motorcycle manufacturers. So that creation of their motorcycle wasn't their primary objective. Mm. Boy, is it good-looking.
0: Oh, beautiful. So, um, Emma, uh, Emma, oh my goodness, her surname escapes me, sorry, Emma, if you're watching this, um, the deputy editor, one of the deputy editors at MCN, she got to ride one.
1: Ah, uh, okay.
0: Jamie. <laughs> mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I
0: watched videos on YouTube. I think Brave going to bring out Two Stroke when, you know, you could see the shift towards electric as well at Motorcycle Live, couldn't you?
1: You could, but they get in the orders and Mm. the orders are coming in and they are selling them. And it's something that you or I, if, if a business proposal came in like that, we'd probably go, Do you know what? This isn't the right time. Talk to me about electric or a four-stroke or something like that. You don't want to be talking Mm -hmm. to me about a two-stroke fuel-injected v twin that's uh, milled (laughs) from beautiful pieces of aluminium, put together by artisans, and just looks amazing. It is a really fancy bit of jewellery that's purposeful. Um, And, yeah. Uh,
0: Uh, It's a a stunning-looking bike. I just so wanted the guys to start it up. yeah
1: absolutely well we tried lagging them at
0: motorcycle yeah 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 they probably filled the whole the whole place up (laughs) with blue smoke (laughs) Uh, come on guys it's motorcycle live
1: (laughs) so uh to answer your question what's next uh what's next is the xsr 900 and that's my that is the first triple yamaha that i've had in 30 years so my son's mother when she met me i was riding uh, like an xs 750 triple but it had been chopped so it was a chopper had the grim reaper on it and all that sort of stuff and she rode on the back with uh, my son inside of her womb and then i don't know things changed and i got rid of the bike and, that. and then uh i've not had a triple since and uh yeah, recently I got to know a few people that had MTO9s and stuff like that. And I just thought, wow, this is my chance to get one of the last triples out there before we go fully electrified in this industry. Um so I thought I'd buy a new triple.
0: Uh so the xsr 900 uh triple triple engine. Yeah, uh I remember so I do <clears throat> I think those triumph triples but Hinkley or oh. Hinkley-Chuck-Out are absolutely sublime. I mean, yeah. I think if, uh, I think if, I think trying for missing a trick with uh, not coming out with a, a liter version of the Daytona. Oh, okay.
1: Mm. Yeah. But Triumph are um, getting a little bit ahead of themselves because uh, I forget what it's called, the the triple that they've got at the moment, the triple 1200, that's eighteen thousand five hundred pounds. You gotta be
0: kidding me. That's oh, awesome. is that the speed speed triple?
1: Speed triple. What in the world is going oh. on there? That is, I mean, it's divisive with the single headlight. Not people don't like it. People like it. Eighteen thousand five hundred pounds. <clears throat> yeah. And I, So I went to my local dealer. And I'm doing something else, and then I see this £18,000 Triumph. Not a Triumph aren't worth £18,000. It's just for the fact that it was next to its counterpart, and its counterpart was the standard version, and that Mm. was like £11,250, something like that at the time. Mm. And I just thought, yeah, I can see that this bike's got Olins, and I'm sure it's Wizzo and everything, but the one at £11,000 actually... Caught my eye more. I had a better appreciation for it. So I'm sure there's a market for it, but I'm one of the the naysayers that actually that motorcycle is a naked. That they put a nose cone on, done some trick bits too. But I can't myself justify. It's kind of like, would you buy it? Would is is eighteen thousand five hundred pound acceptable for what you're getting? And I don't think it is. But I've never really wanted. To buy it.
0: Yeah, I, I kind
1: of,
0: of, of went <clears> between the <throat> two, and I thought the one at eleven round looked bloody lovely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I. Uh, it's not, it's not the, the one, the the one that you're talking about, the one with the nose cone. Uh, it's almost like a cafe racer type nose cone, it isn't is it?
1: It's
0: like a cafe racer nose. Cone. Yeah, I d- that look just doesn't appeal to me at all. But okay. kind of each into their own, you know.
1: I walked up to it. Honestly, thinking it was going to be 12,500 £12, pounds is when I walked up to it. I thought that's what it. And when I saw eighteen thousand, I was, I wasn't being rude or anything. I said, "The guy is for real, eighteen thousand pounds." <laughs> but only because the standard bike looked so good and yeah. it looked so wholesome for mm. for the money that the eighteen thousand pound one would, would be for me a vanity thing. It would be mm. I must have the Olin's. I must have Whatever it me- takes to make me fancy, and uh, yeah, so I'm not knocking the bike. I'm sure it's absolutely amazing, but yeah, I didn't feel I've never looked at Triumph. I'm not against Triumph. Uh, I'm, I don't, I've never looked at Triumph as um that super premium brand, but then I do like a rocket.
0: Oh my goodness! <laughs> right, yeah. I do yeah. like your. Uh...
1: I like your modern rockets. Mm, I don't yeah. Own a rocket? I need to own a rocket.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's up there with the diablo and uh, the ah. rockets and yeah. yeah hey, the guy, the guy that I get tires from, uh, who I'm on first name terms with, and um, I get a Christmas card from him every year. No, oh. I don't. No, I don't actually. Oh. Uh, it's just that I've gone in there, getting there so often, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, he was he was explaining to me that actually that. Um, what is there a shortage of? So one of the components that you use to make tires is uh, carbon black.
2: Yeah.
0: And oh, forty percent of carbon black is comes from uh, Russia.
1: Oh no! So we're going to see the mm. turn kind of white tires, are we? <laughs> I
0: don't, I don't <laughs> think I don't think it's just the colouring effect that that. Um, that, that that it's used for, I don't know. I, would hey, no tire expert. But um, so then he was he was explaining to me uh, whether this is true or not. I don't know, but he was explaining to me that there's this hierarchy of so when there's there's a, a, a restriction in terms of uh, one of the products that, that's used, carbon black, then they start to implement a hierarchy, and I think the uh, defense and uh, defense first, then it's uh, air, uh, air, air, airplanes, and then it's road cargo, and then it's uh, standard vehicles, and then it's motorcycles. Yay! And then even within motorcycles, you think right at the bottom of the pile. But then even within motorcycles, you've got tires that are. Uh, quite uh, low volume, low production volume, oh. like the Diavel back tire. Oh no! Right, so what's that? A two, is that a two forty, a two sixty yeah. profile? Uh not profile, but the uh, yeah. the the wide bit. <laughs> 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 um, so apparently, uh, you know, there's just if you've got a diavel or a or a uh, uh, a rocket that's got one of these enormous back tires on it, uh, you're gonna you're gonna struggle to get a replacement for them. And I bet you with the torque that those things chuck out, then yeah. um, you know back tires are not going to last too long.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I had a Harley Davidson v rod, v r s c f and it was it would eat rear tires. Mm. Uh, it was just so hungry for them. Mm. Um, the amount of torque that these big bikes produce. Yeah, you can come off of, you can come away from traffic lights, not pulling too hard, but it will still, it was if the traction control is not available, not not on your bike, it will destroy tires. Yeah, you know. mm.
0: I I know, I've noticed that on on my bike. I mean, I I still ride my bike, uh, my eleven nine nine, in a very similar way to how I rode the Daytona the 675 Daytona so I what, used three it? Uh, <laughs> well anything above 7000 revs it's you, it doesn't it doesn't even come into, it doesn't come to life until 7000 revs uh, but if I take it gently and then use the higher gears it rips the shred it, it shreds the back tyre Uh, just because of the the torque that's going to the back tire, when I'm thinking I'm feathering it going up a hill in sixth gear and giving it it a bit of throttle, it's just destroying the back tire. (laughs) So, you're better just knocking it back down into fourth or even third, you know, and just keeping the revs up, yeah. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, so we, where so I've, I've 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 I mentioned that uh, going winding the clock back here a wee bit but i mentioned uh, the himalayas yes on a on a an enfield a royal enfield oh. what, what would what would you what would be your uh, dream dream trip
1: um i don't know if it's kind of a, a dream trip or more of a future thing um so i've got this daft idea in my head that i want to go and live on the canary islands and so i want to buy a house or an apartment out there and it's going to limit me on what motorcycles i can have uh, because for some reason on the canary islands they don't seem to want to insure anything over 500 cc which is crazy
2: okay so that's
1: why i'm dragging it out but there aren't many super there are super bikes on the islands don't get me wrong um, so it's actually opened my eyes to looking at lower capacity bikes like the bsa uh-huh. um and and like the boil end fields and get into grips with those um rather than and i'm not trying to do this too quickly but my other option was to to take my xt over there put it on a trailer uh take my yamaha xt over there and then what an xt was it xt 660 yeah it's a little bit more than they want insurance you can get insurance so so i guess um my my dream ride would be uh, being able to have my R1 on the Canary Islands, but it's just a daft, daft thing. So it's never going to happen. I'll, ne- I'll never be able to afford the insurance. So it's made me look at smaller capacity bikes as um, a, a thing to muse on, really, and see how I get on with them. And so when you were saying uh, the Himalayan, and I'm thinking Royal Enfield Himalayan. Um, I'm not against a bike like that. I mean, 24 horsepower. The reviews are great, um, so that that could be cool for island life. Mm. The other the other side of the coin is, you know, I've got that R1150RT. Why i racking up the miles on that? That was an 800 quid bike. <laughs> 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 so 800 pound, uh, 50,000 miles on the clock, and just barely running. And I've got it to a state where it's it's a runner and i absolutely trust it and i've been doing a lot more miles so i think what's in my head right now is to get a 1200 rt and maybe come up your way
0: Uh uh-huh i've got to see the
1: kelpies i've got to have a look they're they're well they're well south yeah yeah and um i also want to do the um what what are they calling it? Trooping of the colour or whatever it is at the uh, at the castle Edinburgh. Or the County? Royal Mile. The, the Royal whatever it is. Uh, yeah, I want to go and see that. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head.
0: Trooping but, of the colour. Yeah. 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 I haven't seen that.
1: <clears throat> okay. Well, I, I so yeah. I w- I think I would like a twelve hundred party, and I would like to spend a bit more time. Yeah. Up in Scotland, because as you say, the roads are fantastic. I have been to Scotland on occasion. Yeah. Yeah. And something that totally blew my mind is da- I- I'm down in Devon. Car drivers don't give way to motorcycles. They <laughs> they'll do everything they can to stop you from overtaking down here. They just don't like us. Um, whenever I've ridden up in Scotland and it was a few years ago now, I found that car drivers would indicate left to say, go on.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. An
1: absolutely wonderful way to treat motorcyclists. Yeah and um yeah uh, so i'd really like to go and explore a bit more of uh scotland and it's the people as well when the, i have some great memories of being up there last
0: uh, I, I mean you know i i i feel extremely lucky uh to to have some of the best roads and you know in, in the country on my doorstep and uh I, you know and i'm still in reasonable distance from civilization <laughs> okay. although it takes eight bloody hours to drive down to our lab and i'm eight hours uh east midlands and I'm, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm i'm heading down on saturday morning as well i'm going to the so the reason why i'm heading down saturday morning this is a bit like billy conley and his little uh, offshoots in the conversation but what? um uh so there's a uh, there's a, there's a chap that I, I'm i connected with on LinkedIn, a guy called Phil Abbott, and he's the managing director of um, Revolution Race Cars. Nice. So they've got this sort of, it's called, a, what's it called? It's called a sports prototype cup. Okay. Uh, and they're at Donington. So there are two uh. two types of, two manufacturers of cars. Uh, compete in this series right. and uh, they're at donnington on sunday Brilliant. so uh i'm heading down i'm going to drive down on saturday stop over with the the prof for a, a couple of nights and we're gonna uh, we're gonna head over to, to donnington on sunday and check out the check out the revolution race cars they are just they are awesome 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 cars <laughs> i mean yeah, I mean, go and check them out online as well. Revolution. Oh, uh, I'm fact, over
1: at Alton Park this weekend with British Superbikes.
0: And... Yeah, I know, I know you are. So here's my uh.
1: Mercedes?
0: <laughs> it's, no, it's Revolution. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, Revolution. Yeah. yeah. Phil, it's cars. okay, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> so the, here's here's my uh, here's my my. That yes. We're not sponsored by anyone, but Donington, why not? <laughs> well, uh,
1: my 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 love of Donington started a long time ago. Yeah, and then I, I get this invite to go to um, Ross ha- Ron Haslam Race School. Yep. And uh, yeah, so I I, I took him up on the offer of coming up, and uh, they weren't. It was a year before they closed, and. Uh, it was just absolutely amazing experience so i got to ride a, a honda 650 sports bike and then i got to go on a Fireblade. and i remember that uh, donington park circuit being the sort of p- circuit that it is half of it's dry and the other half of it's raining and so when going around a dry track and then into heavy rain and i probably did about four laps on a Fireblade before i pulled into the pits and the instructor pulled in behind me and he went what? and I went thank you very much that was a lovely <laughs> lovely experience and um, I'm just gonna you know leave it at that for now and let you get on with other students and uh, I'm just gonna go and drink coffee for the rest of the day and he went no Alex that is not why you're here you're here to learn how to ride on a race circuit and I'm like yeah but this is not working for me and he's like just follow me so i did a couple of laps following him and the guy was amazing i forget his name because i'm so bad with names but i can tell you what he was doing he was in ahead of me and with his left hand behind him he was not making gang signs but he was telling me what gear he was in with his with his hands to and so he it worked my brain took it in as to what gear to be in and then he signaled for me to take over and i'm telling you I was doing amazing. I, for myself, I was doing amazing in the wet, and uh, all of my confidence came back, and I felt. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's a shame that um, I can't get more track time really, because I absolutely loved it. Well,
0: <clears throat> I I've got um, I I inherited a trailer, a bike trailer.
2: Nice. Okay.
0: Last last year, and uh, no, actually, beginning of the year and uh i promised myself that um i would just hook it up to the pickup okay. fire fire the panigale on the, the trailer hook it up to the pickup and and uh take it down to donnington oh. for uh for a business meeting of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no it's always a good excuse to go and visit the guys at the lab of course yeah. um but get a track day in there as well oh my goodness oh. i i'd I I I was at BSB uh, at Donington last year with uh, me and the prof. Uh, we went there. <clears throat> I think it was. Uh, it must have been about this time of the year, maybe October. It was the last time. It was the last race for Donington, and uh, <clears throat> oh my goodness, what an amazing looking track, you know. And I remember yeah. walking around quite quite a lot of the track and thinking, oh i just so want to get my bike on this track yeah, exactly. and just give it some beans yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah
1: it is, it's it's a, a a for me as a complete novice i found that track Moorish. i absolutely loved it and I, i've been yeah. there with uh, race teams i've seen um i've seen very expensive motorcycles ridden by uh novices such as me go down the straight and bin it on the first corner and watch very expensive bikes that was so yeah. painful to see. Yeah. Um, but I've also seen novices turn into intermediates, turn into very skilled riders, yeah. thanks to, to Donington Park. So I've got a lot. And the cafe there is pretty good. The food they do, fantastic. Really, really good. Yeah. And you're always going to bump into somebody that you recognise in motorcycling. You're like, what? What are you walking around yeah. with us? Normal. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love it. So um, hopefully I'm going to meet up with uh, Phil and his team uh, on Sunday and then uh, Mondays Mondays a day for uh, business at the lab, uh, catching up with the guys and just uh, going through a few things and then uh, back up the road on Tuesday. But yeah, eight hours. I like to download uh, podcasts and uh, listen to yeah, sure. so the likes of um, Teapot1. Uh T- T- one and uh you know Chris Chrissy and Dom uh on Chasing the Racing. Yes. Yeah, yeah I love I love their I love their podcasts oh. as well. They're great. So and then you can listen to, you know, three podcasts. Mm-hmm. And you're there. And you're there. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> and you think, oh, how did that I how know. did that happen? You know? Brilliant. Alex, it's been lovely speaking with you. Uh I, I know that we could probably go on for for many <laughs> many more hey, hours you, in you fact we edit all of this <laughs> something that makes
1: sense <laughs> and,
0: and we and, i'll edit that out uh and uh, no i'm really joking um no and i and I, I was i was just saying that um we could go on for hours and hours um longer and we have done as well it was, it was a brilliant time we had at um motorcycle live yeah. uh and, and yeah there this
1: november it's
0: December. it's December, isn't it?
1: November. I
0: think it's it's November. Yeah, it's
1: gone. Gone to November
0: now. Oh, I didn't. Off the top that. of my head. Anyway. Okay. We, we uh, yeah, I'll probably have a look at it. Uh, pop down. I mean, we won't be. You know, it's not the sort of thing that we would be exhibiting at. Uh, we just don't have the resources at this point in time, Alex. Um, so yeah, it's always good to get a, a good. I don't. I don't think that I'll go for. Three days this time. Okay. Uh, maybe spend a couple of days or a day there and um, mix that in with a trip to the to the lab again. But uh, no, so uh, well, good to see you again. If you're if you're heading along and um, yep. catch up with a few more people whilst we're there,
1: that's really good.
0: Good, excellent. Well, as I say, brilliant speaking to you again, Alex. Thank uh, you. Keep up the keep up the work on. Um, on your Moto Tingle fine spikes.
1: (laughs) All right, I'll try and find some fun ones.
0: Yeah, good man. Okay. Thank you. Take care. All right, cheers. Cheers Alex, bye. Bye.